0: Welcome back to SideQuest. It is July 16th, 2023. My name is Eric Peters and joining me today, Mr. Zach Folly. Well, hello there. Well, hello there, Zachary.
1: How is your day going, sir?
0: It's still early, so there's plenty of time left for things to go tits up.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've learned the earlier I get up, the higher potential there is for everything to go wrong before noon.
0: (laughs) We bought the house that we bought our, our master bedroom had some like really dark curtains in it and the sun just would not come through. So I'd find myself sleeping in really late. Well, we swapped those out for like just the, the partially light blocking cell shades. Now that shit. And I realized why the previous owner did it because the sun in the summer comes right up over the horizon directly into the window at a billion lumens directly into my face. (laughs) So I'm up bright eyed and bushy tailed like five 30, regardless of what time I've gone to bed the night before. Well, that's so. because
1: you sleep too late, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Get up! That hay ain't yeah. gonna make itself. Yeah, I absolutely have the same problem in my room, except for I do have blackout curtains. Or not blackout, they're they're not totally blackout. Light but they block like They're blinds and they've got curtains in front of them and they block like 80% of the light. The problem is the sun finds the one crack that goes directly into my eyeball. <laughs> That son of a
0: bitch is moving around up in the sky up there.
1: I swear to God, I could sleep on my floor in the bathroom and the sun would still find a way to peek into my eye. Also taps into my heat center. So not only am I blind, I'm sweating. (laughs) Like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) As I can attest, you are a uh, sweaty, sleeping individual.
1: I am. I am. I enjoy my sleep. I became a parent and became, you know, like I do weird shit now. Like I can nap at traffic lights. It's great.
0: <laughs> mm, I'm going to get there's there's a 15 stoplights between here and home. I can get a solid three minutes of combined sleep between. Exactly. Here
1: and, there. and I mean, like, and I need that for my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, You got to take your victories where you can.
1: Dude, my son started driving this week. Gross. Like he How's showed up to my house in a car. L- and I, I Wait, like, like has his own it's, it's license. Am- it's a weird sensation is yes. he have his license or a permit No, it's a license. But in Georgia they do like a weird fucked up thing where they say like you have a license but you can only drive these hours and with this many people in the car. Yeah, it's it the GDL. Fine. Um he has it mostly because he has a job and he yeah. goes to school and he goes to football practice. So that's like a way of life for him. But the kid is awake, you know, 26 hours a day and sleeps a half a minute <laughs> between. So I was I was supportive of him getting a car. Um but he showed up in it and, like, it suddenly dawned on me, like, holy shit, I have a 16 year old.
0: <laughs> I am old. And you just disappeared yeah. in a puff of dust.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's fair. I mean, like, I guess kids should grow up. I just wasn't ready for the monumental gap between 12 and 16. Yeah. And then I have a 13 year old and an 11 year old. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, my life's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Come on, six year old, stay six forever. Yeah,
0: my uh, youngest just turned 7 last week and then like what I feel like once they hit 8 shit just starts
1: to fly. Oh man. Cuz they're and no it, longer like the little kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. They they're no longer the little kid. The only thing they do uh that's little kid like is just ask for money all the time and that's fair. I can yeah. say no 10 times a day versus yeah. five. But I but, I I do notice it like I'll be sitting here and it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm having coffee and I'm working and doing stuff. And I look up and it's seven o'clock at night. and I'm like, holy shit. This is how it happens.
0: My perception of time is skewed. So
1: you had a big event with a little one this week, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She had surgery. That was great fun. Um, something I, I don't ever wish any parent have to see is their kid being wheeled off to an OR. Uh It wasn't anything terrible, but um, she had her adenoids out and her turbinates and her nose reduced because apparently, you know, my kids being the desert rats that they are, um, had a bit of a sensitivity to all the flora and fauna that was back here. So when we moved last summer, we had a yard with grass and I mowed it. My kids like we're going to go play in the yard and just rolling around in these grass clippings and apparently it (laughs) activated something within Ellie where at that point her body said, hey, you know, it would be fun is if we just had a constantly stuffy nose and a cough for six months. Like, uh, sounds like a great deal. So we went through all the allergy tests and all the different medications and all the different like homeopathic like try to get this to, you know, resolve itself because surgery should always be a last resort. And it just was not resolving in like February after we did the allergy test and it came back and she's like, she's allergic to absolutely nothing. Just oh, nothing, which is, you know, I'll take that victory Um as opposed to the alternative where, yep, she's allergic to this, 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 this. You need to readjust your diet. You need to blow up your house. You have to live in a grass hut out in the middle of something like I don't want any of that. Um, So she had her surgery on, on Tuesday. Um, Real trooper like she's actually pumped about it. Uh, I'm a I'm a firm believer that Kids develop the way that you project yourself onto them like take the dentist for example my kids love going to the dentist um, mainly because I wanted to see if I could get them to not be terrified of it because a lot of people are terrified of the dentist I spend a ton of time at the dentist because inherently genetic horrible teeth which side note I got to spend July 4th with a fractured molar tell you that in a second but um, anyway she gets to the hospital and all there it's the the pediatric area and all these other kids are screaming crying arguing fighting and ellie comes rocking in talking to the doctor She's like hey how's it going the doctor's like how are you today and She's like i'm pumped to be here here's my list of questions and she just sat down and talked to the doctor about all her questions and looking at everything and, and so the doctors would come up outside the room and like brief each other and they would like with a little um confusion be like yep so this you know in here in here's ellie she's she's actually excited to be here today um, so, the doctor would come in and be like, I hear you're excited to be here. And she's like, Yeah, I can't wait. When are we going back? Um, but yeah, real trooper just went through it. Uh, it's healing with that's interesting, you know, still stuffy nose till that clears up and sure. really bad breath because they scoop some shit out of your throat and that's healing. So,
1: oh, yeah. I, I, I'm floored that my kids aren't afraid of the dentist. Uh, and again, because I was born with shitty teeth and I had TMJ and all that stuff. So like for me to go to the orthodontist was like a deal. And then as I got older, I wore braces for four years, five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they had to correct TMJ. It, you know, I grew up in the dark ages, so that shit took forever. Um, and I loathed the orthodontist. My littlest one went when she was five and she was like, that's ah, fine. She kept breaking wires, but I mean, that's just yeah. how fast her jaw grows. But man, yeah, I'm blown away by it. I'm also blown away by the medical industry who does $10,000 worth of tests to bill your insurance and comes back and go, we don't fucking know. Surgery.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. So 4th of July was fantastic. We decided to drive out to Michigan to visit my dad. And I always have an issue before my vacation with teeth. It usually happens around Mocon time where – like two or three days before you're set to leave, you're like, fuck, something's not right. And then you rush to get in. And you're like, oh, yeah, you, you need a root canal. or You need a crown. I'm like, boy, am I glad I caught this because that would suck. So we pack the kids into the car and we get to Chicago, which I have a, a threshold of a distance where if something were to happen, I would turn around and go get it fixed because this was a Friday and we left at like eight in the morning. So we get to Chicago, which is like four hours away. And that's just over my threshold, and I'm eating some trail mix or something. some you know, like peanuts have like a thin shell on them, one got stuck to the side of my teeth, or th- so I thought. I was trying to pick it off, I'm like whatever. I'll just eat some eat something else. And as soon as I bit that next peanut, I went. That didn't feel right. My second to third to back tooth on the top left, just the back half of it, just went and just turned into powder. And I knew the tooth behind it had a crack. Like I, that's on my radar. That's one that has to get crowned. <laughs> What the fuck do I do? All these dentists are closing. There's no way I could turn around because by the time I turn around and get home, they'd be closed anyway. So I call up my dad and be like, I'm going to be in town this time, like start calling dentists. Nobody's open till next Wednesday. Oh, fuck. So now I have to do the test of, all right, how bad is it? Because if it's to the point where I can't breathe, like if you if you breathe air over it and it hurts or you drink water and it hurts like, fuck, that's an exposed route. I'm in for a bad weekend. I went, all right, pulled over, took a sip of water. It was fine. Okay, let's just get some of that temporary dental cement. And I just packed that shit in there. And I was living off that stuff for five days till I could get back. But yeah, tooth issues suck, man. I get them all the time. So I went into my dentist to get it fixed. And she went, yeah, I was really shocked that that was a tooth that broke because the one behind it's the one with the crack. You should probably get that fixed. I went, I don't want to spend $4,000 right now. And then it dawned on me, I've got MoCon coming up, followed by Toronto, That's just exponentially increasing my chances of something going wrong. So I call her back like, let's get this done. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's as you do. I once broke a tooth. And I mean, like fucking split it right down the middle, biting into a Burger King hash brown. Oh, great. And and like I was, you know, I, I was running late and I didn't realize how bad it was. But I, you know, I like I ran back to work and I'll never forget this because I had this huge, I mean like umbuck foo-foo size black dude working for me named Marlon Christmas. Loved him to death. But he just looked at me and he went, that was a hard motherfucking hash brown. And like... <laughs> <laughs> thus, thus precipitated my weekend of waiting in waiting rooms to have somebody look at me to go, yep, this is cracked. I'm like, no shit, fix no it! No shit. Oh let's god, just, getting old let's sucks. Just cut the shit. I, having bad teeth is not something that... I think anybody really gets it. I mean, and I'm sure there's someone that, you know, like there's one girl from New Zealand. That's perfect that yeah, I've never had trouble with my teeth and I put clay in my mouth every night. Like I don't, yeah, I'm never going to do all that, but I, I definitely, I feel like everybody around me for years has suffered with that exact same problem. And it's just, it's like- epidemic and it's awful. And you're right. Like if you can't breathe, if you can't drink water, it's done. You need to go to the dentist and challenging yeah. that rule. Will break you as a person.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm trying to recalibrate uh, how you chew everything on the right side of your mouth, and just yeah, it's awful. Shit sucked, and I don't. I wish I would have known as a kid how expensive this shit is. I would say probably in the past ten years, I've had to spend twenty five thousand plus on dental work.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, because dental insurance is horseshit. <laughs> yeah, we'll oh, cover hey, one cleaning a, a year. What <laughs> the fuck am I paying for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you yeah, get thirteen hundred dollar crown. We'll give you eight bucks. Exactly. Oh, jeez, oh, thanks. Awful. How much is my insurance a month? A hundred. Yeah. What the fuck <laughs> am I paying for?
1: Yep. Oh, it's god awful. And luckily, well, like for me, I have insurance that covers my dental care. But it, it's the same thing. Like I pay now eight dollars a month for dental care, um, and it covers cleanings. It'll clean. Like if I got a set of braces, which I'm never going to do again, you know, like it would. Why not? Probably- You'd look great with them, huh? You'd look great with them. Oh, yeah. That, that'd that be another another element of the mystique. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's garbage. And, like, yeah. I, I find that that and health uh, vision insurance are both just wild scams because they covered oh, nothing. Yeah.
0: Nothing. Well, I had another major fuck up last week, too. This is more technology related that's had an impact on video games. So I don't know how we got to talking about dental insurance. But anyway, um, it was Amelia's birthday party two weeks ago yeah about two weeks ago and one thing i always harp on our kids about like our upstairs is really big open concept and we've left our like the front entryway opens up into a big living room we've kind of left it open space because our kids like to run around and play and do cartwheels and shit but then they discovered the joy of bringing a ball into the house like stop kicking the fucking ball around like (laughs) don't do that i'm constantly harping on them about it well If anybody who ever has been to the Midwest understands what the Midwest goodbye is, it's a very lengthy amount of time in which it takes you to say goodbye to somebody who's leaving your house. They could have stopped by on their way out of town for an emergency surgery, and it would still be a half hour Midwest goodbye that would entail no less than one or two beers. Anyway, (laughs) party's dissipating, people are leaving, and then I see the girls ball on the ground. And what do I start doing? just start like moving it around with my foot like whatever I'm just like fidgeting it's just what I do and what I'm going to see if I can like flick the ball up onto the couch and the way that my house is set up and I need to, th- this is sort of like spurred me into action to change this for some reason all of the networking equipment runs into the living room next to the couch it makes no sense like i have to have my modem there i have to have my router there i just need to reroute all this shit but it's all just sitting on the floor and Above it is the end table, and on that end table are drinks, two of which are two full beers, like literally oh, God. full beers. I just decided I'm going to flick this onto the on, onto the couch, and the second the ball left my foot was one of those moments where I immediately knew I fucked up. I'm like, oh, shit. Missed the couch entirely, hit both cans dead on, and the cans didn't fly off. They tipped over and then rotated to the edge so that just the spouts were down and over the edge. And what was below the end table? My modem had decided to tip (laughs) over and just become a gullet for 24 ounces of beer that went straight into the side of my, my modem. I'm just watching it. Before I could get over there, they completely emptied out into that. I'm like, fuck. Here it is Friday 6:30. 6:30 my modem's probably fried kids are going to want some internet tonight because uh, it's Amelia's birthday party tomorrow she's having a bunch of friends over to watch movies in the movie theater and it's like this this is bad cuz it's a Doxus 3.2 motor, 3.1 modem and you know I'm not
1: can't just run out and grab one of those <laughs> can't just run out
0: and grab one of those um and if I do it's going to be 200 so that was a yeah. stupid 200 dollar kick run over there unplug everything I'm like fuck what do i do what do i do like it's probably fried so Instead of doing the logical thing of like, let's just let it dry out. I plugged it in again immediately. Like Let's just see what happens. And Jesus Christ, it works. It still works. But I've noticed over the course of the past (laughs) week and a half that like, I think the alcoholic haze of my modem is starting to to taper a little bit because I've noticed weird hiccups in my internet here and there. And it's not just Wi-Fi. It's hardwired. So like right now, occasionally you'll go into like a weird phase where i don't hear anything or playing video games online or just even like loading things on the playstation store on my phone via wi-fi or, or hardwired is just a little bit slower so i ordered another modem and i'm testing it but yeah that was one of those like fuck i should have taken my own advice where was my dad yelling at me to stop kicking the goddamn <laughs> ball in the house and i looked at the kids i'm like see this is why you don't kick the ball in the house <laughs>
1: That's a great thing about being an adult—you can turn around something that you fucked up onto your kids, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I I am no stranger to that. I have definitely fucked up technology in my house around them. I think one of the things that I've learned that with technology is that if you take everything apart and just watch it, it yep. usually does work better. <laughs> like, and I I mean I mean that literally. Like, I had a oh god, what was it? Was some little like chinese shit console and i would spilled a drink or one of my kids did into it and i was like okay it can't be that complicated inside so i open it up and it's like a single board setup right yeah like it's a single board with a fan and i'm like fuck it i can take some steel wool to this and make it work and i'll be damned if that thing worked for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but it worked it worked for 20 minutes so i didn't kill it see i'm
0: not sure if what happened is If it's what it says about the modem, is it great for Netgear? Like, hey, this modem can withstand 24 ounces of alcohol liquid on it. Or is it really bad for lining kugels that got spilled on it? Like not even strong enough to fuck up your modem.
1: (laughs) It just has a big sign on it. No PBR.
0: (laughs) Jesus. I was so annoyed about that. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, game room's coming along. I'm in like the last 10%, which... If you've ever built anything, the last 10% is the most important because it's like, hey, this is how this is going to look. But it's also the least fun because, like, fuck it. I just want to be done. Like, I'm just slapping paint on. I'm, like, air nailing shit into the wall. You can finally just see where there's some mistakes. Fuck this. I just want to be done. Got the flooring in. Some of the floor seams popped up. I got to pull all the flooring apart and reconnect all that shit. I just want to be done. And then I stop and look at it and go, well, now i got to buy furniture for this room. Like, how expensive is this thing? I started this in March going like, this will cost me maybe like a thousand bucks and take me a few days.
1: (laughs) No. Here we are in July, and now you need a couch. (laughs) Yeah. And I got to redo a bunch of electrical, so. My favorite of that project is definitely the caulking door. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Tell us about that,
0: Eric. (laughs) I don't remember if the last time I talked about the game room, I, I... talked about my discovery and how I misbuilt my walls, um, planned everything out to a T, opened Illustrator, I measured everything perfectly sized, had everything to a T, got all the walls built, framed, put up, and then I'm sitting there playing games, and I discover why are why are the bottom sill plates a different color than the other ones that were previously built? And it dawned on me, well, shit, I needed pressure-treated lumber because it's in, on concrete, it's going to attract moisture and this and that, shit, so I had to take everything apart put the pressure-treated lumber on, put it back up. And that did a great job, or so I thought, until I get all the drywalling done and all the finishing done and all the painting done, and I go to hang the doors. Two of them fit perfectly. I go to hang the other one. I'm like, this is wrong. It fits perfect at the top, but there's a two-inch gap on the bottom. Well, when I went to put the wall back together, one of the studs was at like a five or six-degree angle, so it just there's no way in hell it fit. So I had to get a sawzall and a huge skill saw out and like try to just cut the shit out of this wall. Take a door back in a car that just wouldn't fit a door. <laughs> but it fits now. So now I have three different sized doors in my game room, which is awesome. You know, wasn't by design, but.
1: Eh, you know, eh. like, again, it's that last 10% of a project that'll kill you.
0: Yeah. And painting doors sucks. Just sucks.
1: See, that's why you stick with standard white doors. Well, I, sure I did, but you... they're
0: they're primed, and you have to paint them white. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Ugh. But we're that, I, we're I'm, close. We're close.
1: I'm not I'm not looking forward to mine, but I have you know like I I was doing the design stuff, and I came to the fact that like I don't have enough outlets in my office. Yeah. Or in the the new office, and I I you know so I've got to call an electrician, and that motherfucker is going to see me coming because I've got to tell him like I want an outlet every three feet. Yeah. <laughs> and I want them all on separate circuits Well, <laughs> I'm I'm torn
0: I had that mistake too because here's the wall that I wanted my TV and there's a there's an outlet in the middle of the wall like perfect yep. for if you want to mount your TV well I made the decision I don't want to mount my TV I just don't want to do it because I don't want to be drilling a bunch of holes and shit in case I want to move stuff around I don't I just don't want to do it right now but I forgot to put the rest of the electrical on that wall before I hung all the drywall so yep. now I have to doubled my cost because now i have to go through the ceiling and down because i can't just like punch through the the the, the studs to put the outlets where i need them it's like i could have just roughed this out like i could have just put the wires in and roughed it out but i didn't so i'm in this weird phase right now like i don't know how i want to lay it out i and i'm not even sure i want to have my crt out but i kind of want to i just then it like changes the whole dynamic of where (laughs) shit goes I have decided that I'm not going to hook up all of my consoles at once. So I'm going to because that just I don't have I don't have a shelf big enough for all of it. And then I don't want a whole wall full of cube shelves with all my consoles and stuff in it. At least not right now.
1: So yeah, that's very limiting for like where you can put games. Right. Which is the biggest concern. (laughs) Yes.
0: And I'm already maxed capacity for games. So on our way home from St. Louis, Cody and I are going to have to stop at Ikea and get another shelf.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think
0: what nice. I'm going to do instead is I'm going to just set up my my uh, TVs on on the two little TV stands, but then have a separate shelf where I keep all of my consoles on display. So just have all of them standing up on shelves, and
1: you know, make it like a bag tag setup. I love it.
0: Yeah, make it look good, and then have um, a drawer with all of the the cables and controllers and stuff for each yeah. of the consoles. So if you want to play, you know. Turbo graphics, grab it off the shelf, and then just have a really quick hookup at the front of the CRT or or if I'm gonna play through the L C D just a quick connection there. And it that way it doesn't need to be this big, convoluted, complex setup, because realistically, how often are you playing, you know, your Super Nintendo? Yeah, TV and I think I was
1: gonna tell you that. Like I have all my setup, my stuff set up in here now, and so I can switch it at the you know, the drop of a hat, but I never use it. Like right. I the amount of times that I've hooked up my Dreamcast is like four, right? Um, and so I think that's a, a really logical setup, especially if you have front-facing inputs on your TVs, yeah, uh, because you don't have to crawl behind shit.
0: Well, even if you don't, you can just get the male to female extension connectors and just run those out, like set them down, or get a um, yeah, uh, like like a RCA box that you can switch.
1: Yeah, I think that's really smart, and I mean, especially as you accumulate more and more consoles, that'll become very important uh, because you just you. I I think I can count on my one hand how many consoles that take a stupid fucking connection like RF. Here's um, your S video connection. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I've got quite a few that take S video and I've got a quite a few that take component. And uh, luckily I have a TV that has a front one. So I think I'm going to follow suit with that. Plus I, I, again, I, I get to the point that like I have probably it's up around a thousand games now. Yep. And I've seriously got them in boxes all around this office. Yep. Like it's a shithole because I have no more space for anything. Yep. Um, and so I'm going to convert console storage to more, you know, like, hey, we need actual game shelves. Like, I have a, a game bookshelf right now that's overflowing. Um, and I've got stuff that I need to get into the office, you know, like a desktop. Um, and, you know, moreover, like, I, I'm going to have an arcade machine up there. So I just, yep. I got to be careful about space. And I don't want to move everything around 400 no. times. Um,
0: well, the other thing that I want to put back there, too, is that I've got a neat little space where I can actually create, like, a like a, a shallow war. Uh, wall bar, and yeah. so sort of have it be like a hangout area. I want to get a high top table. Um, I'm going to have my arcade machine back there, so have it be somewhat of a hangout space. So I don't, I don't want it to look too cluttered. And I think when I yeah. had my consoles set up, I had this cool IKEA shelf that I got. They had a bunch of different sizes. It was like a cube shelf, mm-hmm. but everything was different spaces, different sizes. So You could fit your your uh, Sega CD with the Power Tower, or you could slide the Turbo Graphics into the really shallow one. Yeah. But that fucker's huge. And well, it's,
1: yeah, and it, it takes up floor space, which is the problem.
0: And it's not the same height as the TV stand that my LCD is on, and that mismatch bothers me. So I'm going to flip that one, just use that as like a display shelf for, for other stuff and, and just kind of create. Here's the central space. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it with having the CRT and the LCD together in the same room because... Dear God, playing old games on a modern TV blows. Yeah. Unless well, you have one no of those like $900.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I agree. Like playing a Nintendo game on, you know, like, and I have a giant, you know, LG CX. I can't do it. Yeah. And well, I've, too I've, much I've of the looked into all sorts of options like the Mister and like the DACs and all those. But I just can't get into them. So I'm, I'm definitely one that's, you know. Hey, we need to <laughs> we need to figure this out now. The other thing that I want to do is make sure that my PC is nowhere near me in that room,
0: right.
1: uh, because my PC gets loud, and it's yeah. not bad. It's just that's what they do, and I don't want to be playing something that blows out my ears while I'm trying to hear my TV, yeah. uh, because that again, like PCs and game rooms just don't mix. So I've got to figure out a way to put that in, you know, my closet, which is inside the room but outside the room. So I'll figure it out. The, uh, but yeah, blessing it's, it's that... you know, and all these are like total white people problems, <laughs> you know, like first world, this, this is us. Uh, but like you, you do have to be thoughtful about how you lay out your room. The biggest advantage that I have come up with, and then I'm going to carry through in my new game space. Cause my new game room has, I think it's 12 foot tall ceilings, oh, um, shit. is the, the shelf that goes along the ceiling, uh, because yeah. you get tons of storage out of it. And I have, you know. 15 16 game boxes and another 20 of them in boxes in my garage and i'd like yep. to display that stuff you know like because that's like something have i the haven't
0: <laughs> decided if i'm gonna do yet is display that stuff? i'm not I, i'd like to but i also don't know if i want to
1: yeah i get it i i yeah i i do want to and i'm just kind of remiss about <laughs> well do I want to do this game room half ass and then say I'm gonna do it in my next game room? No. No. <laughs> gonna go full this ass. <laughs> is,
0: this is my game room. I am not moving out of this house for decades. I just don't. I'm tired of it. So I've taken the time, I've spent the money to just do this the way that I want to do it. Which it's it's kind of neat because then, you know, you you have that freedom to adjust things over the years and make things different, but um, it's neat to have a space where you can finally go like, yeah, this is this is mine. Like, I've carved this space out. Sure. And I was talking with Christy about it's Like, it would have been really cool had the, the house not already had the movie theater installed in it. I would have just converted that into my game room.
1: Yeah. But, but it was how done.
0: Much. <laughs> it was done. It was cool. The kids loved it. It's a place where we can have people come over and hang out. That room gets used maybe once a week. Like a lot yeah. of people be like, I'd never leave the movie theater. Well, you don't always want to go downstairs and like set up a movie theater to just watch yeah. something. It's a big to do. And I don't always want to play video games on it because like it's not the yeah. most optimal way in which to play.
1: Yeah, I, that's interesting because I, I definitely I'm interested in doing that in my game room. But I'm definitely going to have it set up in a way where I don't have to have it all the time. Um, and I right. I mentioned to you, I do have like a modular couch uh that's going to go up there. So I can and basically what that means is it's a bunch of pieces that you put together. Yeah. um and they hook together, which is great. I love but those I don't things. know that I want that like that all the time. So
0: we actually looked at it and my original plan was to still use that room as my game room until I got in there and discovered that the guy who built it did it the way that I would have done it and put the speakers behind the screen so they're yeah. recessed into the wall. So my original plan was to get an 86-inch or a 77 inch OLED mount it to the wall and then convert the screen to like a recessed in ceiling screen. So if I wanted to watch a movie, boom screen would drop down in front of the TV, but couldn't do that because all the speakers in the wall. So I went, well, guess we're going to build a game room, which is a blessing because we took 700 square feet of storage and I reduced it to about a hundred. Went now, we just can't fill up 700 square feet full of
1: shit. Yep.
0: Because that's what happens. For anyone looking to buy a house, a house just becomes a bigger roof for more shit. If you upgrade your house, you just get more shit. So you having, you know, I'm I'm guilty of it too. Like I buy stuff, but my wife buys decorations and stuff. So we've relegated all that to under the stairs. I want, you can pack that thing to the brim. I don't yep. care. Put as much shit in there as you want. But the minute anything spills out over this threshold,
1: we're going to start pitching stuff and we're going to go to the one in one out rule. Yeah, I mean, and that's me, too. Like, I'm I'm a terrible person at it, but I have stuff shoved in closets that I don't yep. care about. Uh, and, you know, and it's stuff that gets taken out once a year. But the second I can see, like, something sticking out from under the door, I become a tyrant about it. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, no!
0: I go through these phases, and they're fantastic. It probably happens twice a year where I go through the, fuck it, I don't need this anymore phase. And I I've, I've gotten to a point now where I realize that I'm in that mode, and I capitalize on it. And I'll go through old bins and just start gutting shit. And it's like, if I don't get rid of it within that window, I'll be like, oh, yeah, but I kind of need to hold on to this. You know, like this would be nice to
1: have. Whereas yeah. I see that. The man drawer. Pitch it. <laughs> I am I, I, guilty it. of it. I have a man drawer. It's filled with cables from 1972. God. Uh, but and I'll never get rid of it. My theory is all of it goes into a drawer and that looks neat. So I'm good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we all have those cables. We all have those boxes. And over the years, I've just kept reorganizing them. And then I finally got to a point. It's like, do I really need 75 different lengths of Ethernet cable? Like, No, I'm to a point now where if I if I need one, I'll just take the spool that I have and I'll make it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, like, that's just what you do as you get older is you recognize that I bought 35 feet of ethernet cable and I bought a 25 foot section and a 10 foot section for some project years ago. This fucker probably doesn't even work if I hook it together anymore because it's been bent so many times. (laughs) (laughs) So I will just throw this away. My wife but gets the, on me like, that cost $85. Yes, but I bought it in 2000, so it's fine. You the know. The
0: converse yeah. of that, though, is that the minute you throw something away, you could have not used it for six decades. The minute you throw it away, it's like, oh, I needed that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah, God. speaking of speaking of things that you don't need, uh, I, I, I got a Laserdisc player. <laughs> Isn't that your second one? No. Well, yeah, I had one when I started this great endeavor of Laserdisc collection, but it didn't work. And I talked to somebody who was going to try and repair it. And they started talking about, well, it'll be $100 for this and $200 for this. And I'm like, nah. So that went away. Uh, but that is that has now been replaced by a brand new Laserdisc player that uh, a buddy of mine across the street found in his dad's house in the attic. And he's like, do you want this? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that I'm going to hook up my CRT is if you do not know, Laserdisc players top out at 480p. Um, and Ooh. he has, he has one that he hooked up, uh, to his hundred inch projector. And he's like, man, the quality of these is kind of shit. And I'm like, well, yes, but you're <laughs> yeah. also looking at it on a hundred inch TV, uh, which was not made for the 480p times. Uh, so I do, I definitely want to get it hooked up and that is something that will be persistent and hooked up because I have, again, tons of laser discs that I actually want to watch. So um, that's a,
0: that's an endeavor. I refuse to let you coerce me into.
1: Oh no, I get it. Like I shouldn't have done it, but I I had the opportunity to buy a large lot of laser discs when I started this, and that began began the insane collection uh, yeah. that I have now. Um, yeah, I'm. Speaking of which, I've I've we've
0: got MoCon coming up in a week. Um, yeah. Before we get to, we got a couple of big games to talk about this show, but like yeah. before that, Mokon is is just over a week away, and I'm going to say it's looming. This- I get this giddy excitement when, oh, yeah. when yeah, MoCon yeah, yeah. comes up because I've got I've got my, my I'm like a little kid who is saving for something. I've got my envelope full of cash and my nightstand yep. with the big MoCon fund written on it. And Anytime I get extra spare money, I just like tuck it in there and it's just growing. I think I have like eighteen hundred bucks crammed in there for MoCon, yep. which is about how much we usually
1: burn through. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the beer like, alone is like three hundred dollars. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it'll
0: be a little less this year because we're a smaller crew. But, you know, challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> I, I think I finally settled on uh, what I want to target this year for MoCon. And usually I go into and I've got this big long list of games spanning a bunch of different consoles. And it's rare that we're actually able to hit most things on our list. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've actually really been in a big Game Boy kick lately, like just old school DMG Game Boy kick. And I think a lot of that has to do with the pocket. Like, I just like that form factor. Um, I love how the cartridges look like I've been in just a huge Game Boy aesthetic kick lately. So I think what I want to do is I just want to come back with just an absolutely disgusting amount of Game Boy games. I don't care what they are. I just want to come back with it because you can get some Game Boy games for cheap. Yeah, they are (laughs) garbage.
1: But yes, you can.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, spend some money and get some decent ones, but also like just I want to have a big game boy collection i love how they look on the shelf even when they're sideways like they're just i don't know it's such an iconic cartridge you you look at cartridges over the years and for me i think nes it's a gray it's a gray square that you cram in the super nintendo one is okay n64 was fucking cool like those ones looked cool they're futuristic
1: for the price though
0: yeah but Game Boy cartridges, like, they were just cool. The art on the 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 front of them was freaking awesome. I don't know. I've just been in this big kick for it. So I want to get a bunch of Game Boy games. Um, but then I also really want to start just leaning a bit more into the
1: TurboGrafx stuff. Fuck you. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I've noticed lately Nintendo 64 has gone absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, GameCube games have gone nuts in the last year, and now it's Wii U is going nuts. So I got to take a yep. break on those. Uh, but I'm gonna go back and start collecting for you know my original consoles because I think I can get do better on price. Uh, yeah. But also because I you know I really love some of those games, and you're absolutely right about the Game Boy Box, especially like the uh, the early gen Game Boy colors. Yep. that all have the you know the holographic front like those are amazing yep um and there are some expensive ones like again if you want to buy any of the castlevanias you're going to pay out the ass for them but paying out the ass for one of them is probably better than me going into a con going like oh i should spend some money uh so i you know that's that's kind of what i want to go for um, i've got a couple
0: of shitty ps2 rpgs that i want to pick up because lord knows the playstation had some shitty rpgs like um there's one that it used to see it everywhere, and I've been looking for it every time I go to a store in the past year. Have not seen it at all, and it's called The Legend of Alondar.
1: U- okay. Huge Alandar, pile of garbage.
0: Yeah. Huge pile of garbage. But for some reason, I've seen it, and we're like, I want that. Kind of like what happened last year with Ephemeral Fantasia. Yeah. Terrible yeah. game. But I just like, I, my brain latches onto something. It's like, I want that. <laughs> and I can't,
1: like, disconnect that. You can't turn that button off. Yeah. No. Well, and I mean I again, like just to put a punctuation mark on the end of that sentence, like I finally found your brigandine uh two weeks ago or three weeks ago, you remember that? And I called yeah. you and I said, like, hey, do you want this? This is actually complete and it's got a map and everything. And and you asked me like how much is it? And I was like, Ooh, it's you know, 190 bucks. Uh God. and like I just can't afford to do that right now. And and by that I mean like the the game value doesn't support the price, and at a con right. it's going to be twice as much. Yeah. So I, I just I, I never be enjoy really the
0: careful. con inflation, but I feel like Mocon mitigates that to a degree. I've I've never felt like stuff, at least not most things, have been price gouged at Mocon. There's some stuff like any of your DreamWorks stuff, you're going to pay at least a ten percent premium on yeah. it for the con price, but you can also get some great deals too, like that that GameCon. Uh, handheld console game.com yeah you like 80 90 bucks i gave the guy 10 bucks for it like, oh, whatever
1: yeah oh yeah I and still... like for me like some of those things that are just sort of right outside the edge of what people would collect for like tiger handheld electronics yep. you know like you can find stuff like that in boxes for you know four or five bucks a piece so if i can start picking those up now that'd be great
0: yeah I'd, I'd kind of like to try to find a few more Atari Lynx games too, but I feel like those are becoming harder and harder to find.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, and the, oh, the other one that's going nuts is Jaguar games uh, because some coffee-sipping hipster decided that that was the cool thing to collect for. And I keep warning people like, oh, God, please no. Don't, yeah, don't. do it. It's a waste of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything that's worthwhile playing on the Jaguar, even even Doom. Like, it's not... It's kind of hard to fuck up Doom, like it's Doom. Yeah, it can it can play on literally anything,
1: and it's not that those games are super expensive when you do find them. You just don't find them all that often, and especially in a box. Um, right. I'm I'm interested. The one uh, Jaguar game that I would pick up if I could find it, or there's two because I'd pick up Aliens versus Predator if I could find it in a box, nice. Um, but I would also pick up uh, the cart racing game. They did a, like a Mario Kart ripoff with Atari characters. I would likely oh. pick that up if I could find it somewhere. Uh, but no, most of the Jaguar library is like the Wii library. It's just garbage. You know, that's, that's kind of what the console was known for. Uh, but I, I've i got a couple of working designs game on my list, but I'm in the same boat. Like I'm looking for stuff that I don't perceive will be priced out of the atmosphere. Like I want to pick up a copy of Street Fighter for the Super Nintendo. Mm. Um and I'd like it in a really nice box. And I can't imagine that that would, you know, exceed value, but we'll see. You know, again, I've got lots of Street Fighter games, and some of them are super expensive and some of them are super cheap. Uh, but, you know, the Super Nintendo game was something that was absolutely, possibly not rare. Uh, everybody yeah. had a copy of that when it came out. So I should be able to find one.
0: I'm not sure which working designs game or games I'd like to come out with. But I think like the probably the two that are going to be the most realistic are probably Ray Storm and Ray Crisis on the PlayStation. Those are in like the hundred to hundred and twenty dollar range yeah.
1: each. Well, and I've got a, but I, I've got a couple of the PS2 ones that I need to pick up. Um, so those like, are cheap, like
0: Gun Griffin plays is like 20 bucks yeah. for Lancer generation. I've got to pick up you know. Silpied
1: too. So like those yep. things I think I'll probably find out there. Uh, but I'm not paying, you know con pricing for that i'm not paying a hundred dollars for a copy of sylphie dude <laughs>
0: no that one's real cheap too i mean i've yeah. i see those all over it's just i think that grow lancer generations also has the there's the embossed copy as well yes.
1: which is and the only thing of, i'm I don't buying know now uh at, because i i went a little nuts there for a while and started buying saturn games and some of them have a piece of it but some of them aren't like the full game so i'm having to piece them right. together now so well, all- if you
0: really want to go balls to the wall and grow Lancer, they have a collector's edition. Did you know that? Yeah,
1: the twenty thousand dollar one. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah.
0: I've seen one. I didn't see it sealed, but I saw a complete in box copy. It's like five hundred bucks. Yeah.
1: Oh gosh. None yeah. Makes. And I mean, that was a end of. It was end of life for working designs, or right around that time. So mm-hmm. you know, like, and they, you know, they have amazing. I, I again, I, I love the working designs games because Victor Ireland Ireland was a genius um, yep. and he made lots of really good games um, into complete shit with bad translations. But I, oh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll pick them up because they're great. But what I won't do is continue picking up garbage copies of them uh, because right. like I picked up, sh- I, I think it was Shining Wisdom a couple of weeks ago um, mm-hmm. and I picked it up specifically because it had the, you know, the holographic front and the disc was the right one. So that's, you know, those are the style of things that I'm looking at. But I don't imagine that you won't find, like, Popful Mail is one that's actually not rare at all if you don't buy the one with the holographic front. So I'm like, eh, I don't really care.
0: <laughs> I've just hit the phase with working designs where everything that I need is like $300 plus. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I've got and one of my list at not, 700 bucks. I used to not care, but I'm not
0: making as much as I used to, so i got to be a little bit more conscious of that
1: oh yeah and like again this is a thing caused by youtubers that go out and buy collections and they spend anything to get them right uh which is hot shit but like i have to just wait for them to fall apart like uh one of the big ones rgt sold off a big chunk of his collection um in the last couple weeks rgt85 did and he you know he got like forty thousand bucks for it but i looked at it and i was like oh man this is all trash um and again because you don't you didn't go and look for like the complete this. And then you didn't look for the, Hey, this is the special edition of that. That's actually worth money. And the guy that bought it from him is just, you know, he's a reseller. So he doesn't care. Cause he's going to get his money out of it. But I, yep. I, I, I kind of want perfection in my old age. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not,
0: you know what to much to Dan's chagrin. Like I don't plan on selling stuff. No. So.
1: Oh gosh. I no. I mean like it's resale just, value. It's an asset that sits in my house and I recognize yep. that. But I get to do that now, especially, you know, and and to kind of segue, I'm going to talk a little bit about my utter hatred of acquisition talk. And I think we have to talk about the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard.
0: 100%. Um,
1: You know, ultimately, I I am a conspiracy theorist, so I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here for a moment. Uh, But I think that that is hugely terrible for the industry because number one, it's going to encourage Sony to go out and make more acquisitions. But number two, Microsoft's wearing it on their sleeve for years. They want digital games. Um, And I think this paves the way for them to get at least a much bigger chunk of people on digital games than they have now. Um, And certainly with stuff like Game Pass with, you know, all and they, those are great services, but I don't believe that that will get better if Microsoft is allowed to acquire Activision. Um, and again, I just I see the writing on the wall. It's bad uh, for physical games out there. And sure, you'll get limited run making games and you'll get a couple of little niche games coming out here and there. Or you're going to get the, you know, or or at the very least, you'll get some of the top PlayStation exclusives for at least a little while. But I mean, if that deal goes through, I think we have five years left or maybe Maybe. less before digital games become the way of the future. And I can't support it. Like, that's the point where I quit playing or I quit buying new games because I just don't support them.
0: Well, and I think you're not going to see a drop in price either. No. Like, well, hey, now we're, we're cutting out manufacturing. We're cutting out shipping. We're cutting out retail. We're cutting out their profit margins like. Things should then be a little cheaper because your costs are lower. Why should our costs remain the same? You know, I think the thing that pissed me off the most about this, and it's it's brilliant on Xbox's part, if you if you look at it objectively and go, okay, well, at the end of the day, they're just trying to win. So they're gonna do whatever they can to win and convince people. But I think they took a really shitty tactic by going, yeah, but 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 look look at us. Like, woe is us. We've been We've been the worst in the market since the Xbox launched. But sure. if you look back at every convention that they've had in the two decades since, they touted themselves as the the best place to be for games, and we do this and we do that. And we do, and now they're just completely flipping that. Good. We've always been third place, and we've always known it. So like, why is this really that big of a deal? If you know, we just can't even compete.
1: Yeah. Oh just,
0: yeah. Like. I can't stand that approach that they took. It's such a shitty tactic. And the sad thing is, is that the people that they're appealing to generally don't know dick about the industry. Yeah. No. Agreed. So it's very easy to persuade them with false information.
1: Well, and narratives, so, right? Like the whole right. idea. I, and I, again, I'm wearing my foil hat here guys, and I fully admit it, but I think the second that Activision is acquired, I think it's the path to replace Phil, good old Uncle Phil, with Bobby Kotick, um, oh, and God. Bobby Kodak is the most loathsome human being on the face of the earth. This is the guy that not only union busts but does it in a way where people get fired and lose jobs. Um, and again, I have a problem with <laughs> I have a problem with billionaire culture to begin with. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that whole you know, like hey, people are dying on the streets; they are homeless. We don't have the you know we don't have the gumption. We don't have the rights to fix housing. We don't, you know, if you look in parts of Ohio right now, they're like 250,000 homes away from hitting prime where they should be, where people can go out and buy a home for a reasonable, reasonable price. But Mm. Hey, seven billionaires went on a day trip to the bottom of the ocean. So let's spend you know millions of dollars in resources and get lots of news coverage to go save them. Like, I don't care about billionaires anymore. I really don't. Uh, because they're such like, we're, Dude, you're about to make us the French, and I fucking hate the French, but, like, I, you say let them eat cake enough, and we're going to revolt and do something silly. So, yeah. I, I just, I can't care about billionaire culture, and he is one of the worst. He's up there with, uh, oh, God, who is it, pharma guy? Um And, like, I, oh, <clears throat> I can't support, pardon me, I can't support an industry that's run by him, and if he gets to take over... He takes over Microsoft within the next five years because he's a billionaire and he knows how to make billions. And everybody at Microsoft will, you know, say Phil was a great guy and he got us at the right time, but he will replace him.
0: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where the industry goes in the next five, ten years for sure. And it's it's definitely going to be something that I'll, I'll never taper off playing games, but I think the collection aspect of it is absolutely going to change.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, that's, you know, part and partial of why I'm busting my ass now to start collecting games, because even cheap games will disappear. Yeah. And that's that's just a fact. Like the fact that God, what was that study that got released last week? It's something like 80 percent of all vintage games are not available for consumer purchases. Commercial, Meaning You yeah. can't play 80 percent of the games that have come out in the last 40 years because the industry are greedy pigs. And that's not down to developers. That's down to publishers and that's down to rights holders. And those people have fucking gathered their wagons around themselves and they're never going to change unless physical games stay in place. And that's why I like the guy
0: that created the Vectrix. Yeah. He basically went, here's every game that ever came out for this console. Have it for free. You guys can do whatever the hell you want with it. Yeah. Like at some point, that shit just needs to go. Hey, you know what? Like, let's just let people play this shit. The heyday in which you're going to actually make tangible amounts of money off of that is gone. Yeah. Except if you're Nintendo and Nintendo can re- release the same 15 games on every single console for 30 years and people will buy it every time, but that's a very small cross section of yeah. Of that's a that's a retro tiny, vintage cross section.
1: Yeah, and two, like I, th- I think that they need to. And this is, again, my personal opinion, so forgive me if I get a little flighty here. But like, one of the things that needs to happen is after 20 years, games need to move into the public domain. Um, games, what is it
0: for um, music and literature? Isn't it 100?
1: Uh, I think it's it's either 80 or 100, but it needs to be on the same token uh, because right. we are going to lose huge swaths of games. Um, it's yep. already bad enough that they're not accessible. And yes, I know piracy is a thing, but some of us don't want to break the law to play games right um and, well, and
0: we're also running up against artificial you know not artificial intangible deadlines with things like disc rot yeah. or memory failure you look at a lot of these games like sega cd games there's just going to come a point we're going to put it in and you can have a pristine sega CD. it's just not going to work
1: nope no it won't and that's happening now so i think we need to get up on our feet and really fight this and again, it's not all about Xbox and Activision. I don't give a fuck if Xbox buys Activision. You make shitty products. Um, yeah. But I care about what that impact is to the industry. Like, again, I'm I'm a, a player. So I have Game Pass. Or I did uh, until I dropped it a month ago. Uh, but I, that's one of the things that I look at is I say, like, okay, well, Xbox is doing a good job with access to their games. Fine. Um, but do I think that all of the rights holders are going to do that? No. And I think we're going to go back into a model where we're now literally paying $30 to play a game that we already paid $30 for. Um, yeah. And then it becomes like everything else. It's just it's a garbage scowl of just who can produce what of remakes and remasters and remakes and remasters are fine. But remakes and remasters, you will lose a little bit of the original content. And that's oh, yeah. unacceptable. Like games well, are now what happened
0: with Tony Hawk.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And games are now making more than movies. They have been for the last five years. Games make more than movies do every year. And we accept the fact that we can't play an older game because there's some new re-release or remaster of it. Right. And that's just it's not something that I can accept. Yeah. So I'm not off my ten hat mode. <laughs> I was
0: going to say rant,
1: rant over. Rant Things over. Things are going to change. Done. But that's, uh, you know, genuinely how I feel.
0: Well, in the past, what has it been since our last show, like three, four weeks, I have finished Tears of the Kingdom.
1: Excellent. What a game. Yeah.
0: I don't... I've had quite a bit of time to digest it, and when I came off of Breath of the Wild in 2017, like, best game I've ever played. Not my favorite game, but best game I've ever played, just for reasons X, Y, and Z. And I got into Tears of the Kingdom, and it actually took me a good, like, 15 hours, 20 hours to be like, oh, okay, like, I... I enjoy this. I was playing it because I felt like I should be. Yeah. This is the next Zelda game. And it took me a while to wrap my head around it, really figure it out, and get over the fact that it's like, I'm in the same world I've been in before. Oh, but there's a bunch of different stuff. The building mechanics of it are great. The way that the dungeons are laid out is great, despite now having the worst Zelda dungeon in any Zelda game ever.
1: (laughs) That damn Fire Temple, man. (laughs) That Fire Temple
0: sucks. It makes... Uh, the Zora Water Temple from N64 looked like a tutorial level. I hated it. But uh, I got to the end of it, and there was it's not up there with with Link Between Worlds, but there was a great plot twist that I didn't really see coming. Um, But again, fell victim to the fact that I got to the end of it and went, well, I'll never play this again. Yeah. Just because it's so big. And I like that in the moment, but I kind of like to revisit Zelda games from time to time. I'll never play this game again.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a you know, I I I I go back and forth on that because I've tried to replay Breath of the Wild a couple of times um, and Mm -hmm. I have failed every time because I get five hours into it. I'm like, oh, fuck, I have 10 more hours worth of tutorial crap to do. Um, And I'm just not going to sit here and do that. But I I like the open world style Zeldas. I just hope that there's still room for them to go back and forth and say, hey, now we're going to make a smaller Zelda. Uh, Because again, for us to get Zelda every five years, kind of feels counterintuitive.
0: They came out and said, "Like this will be the formula going forward." Sure. So, I can appreciate that, but I also miss the days of the two D top down Zeldas.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, the Game Boy Advance, especially. Like I just love those ones.
0: Um, even just the Link's Awakening remaster, like take some of the old take Minish Cap and and give it the Link's Awakening treatment. Just
1: fucking take Minish Cap and give it the Link's Awakening treatment, assholes. Like that is the lowest hanging fruit possible. Yeah, and it's the original Zelda game. Like that is the first in the timeline. Why yeah. do we not have a remaster of that already?
0: Yeah, who knows, Nintendo. Who knows? Yeah, I, but, I agree. Um,
1: but that that is a great game. Um, it is a phenomenal fantastic. game. But I'll never play There's it.
0: There's so much to do. Yeah, I'll never play it. I I won't finish all the shrines.
1: Fuck finding all the cork seeds. Um, <laughs> all seventy six of them. Jesus Christ! No. Like I came to a point in that game where I had probably sixty of those, and I just I couldn't be bothered to go and turn them in. I was just done. Like, nah, I finished the game. It's okay. I don't need this anymore.
0: Knowing that I had found 80 of them and hadn't even found 10%. Yeah. It's like, nah. Yeah. I don't have time to go pick up every random ass rock in this game. (laughs) I just don't have time for it.
1: But man, what a game.
0: And those are the things where I get it, but it's also not respectful of our
1: time. No. No. Um, And I, I, again, I applaud it for what it is. I think it's an amazing game. It goes on my top. You know, it bumps Zelda off the list of top games of all time and puts itself there. Because Breath of the Wild was not anything that I couldn't find in this. Like, everything about Breath of the Wild was better here. Uh, But I, again, I'm in the same boat. I won't ever play it again. But it was an amazing time. It was so
0: much fun. It was such a great game. I'm looking forward to the inevitable remaster of it two consoles from now. (laughs) Maybe by then I'll be ready to play it when it's actually in 4K. Yeah,
1: I, I... I I am a bit of a snob now so I'm going to wait because I I know that you can play it now uh, but I'm like nah I'll just wait for Nintendo to do it because the the one thing about Breath of the Wild was that it was a Wii U game there is a Wii U emulator and that almost immediately went to 4K and you know it's up to crazy frame rates now like I think you can play that game maxed out at like 120 frames a second which is great but this will take a little while to get there because it's not a Wii U game uh, but man, it's, it's fabulous. Um, I, I played, it's I played a, it all the way through. I got to the end. I won't spoil anything for everybody, but yeah, I, I thought it was genius the way they ended that game.
0: Yeah. It's something that I think any self-respecting Zelda fan needs to, to play and experience, but go into it knowing that it is not a light undertaking. I think it was 120 hours it, for me. I think it was at like minimum 40 when yeah, i wrapped it it's, only, like, it's meh, a, I'm done <laughs> it's a big game but i finished it literally just in time for the game that has absolutely consumed <laughs> my life uh, to the point where i actually have chosen to not play warzone some nights <laughs> to keep playing final fantasy 16 i want you to finish
1: that game so bad <laughs>
0: i i do too but i also don't want to because then it's
1: over yeah and it, it, again, like no DLC, there is a new game plus, which I will tell you, uh, I've been talking about this with Dan because he and I both finished it. I finished it first. Just saying. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I had a weekend off the of him. So I, I like, I just had time to finish it where he didn't, but it was a, uh, it was an amazing experience and I really want to talk to you and Tom about it. Uh, Because there are things in that game, especially towards the end, where it's just like mind shattering. Uh, And the story is good. Everything is great about it. uh, But I desperately want to talk to you about it. The one thing that I will say that I'm trying to convince Dan to go back and play New Game Plus because it is a 100 times harder. Um, And that's the one thing that I found that this game lacks a significant challenge up front.
0: My biggest question is where the fuck did this game come from?
1: It feels like out of nowhere. Like, it does.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Like, that's no secret. So I was looking forward to it regardless. I was unnecessarily excited for 15, even though I'd played the demo. I'm like, eh. But the demo for this came out. And we're like, what the hell is this? Like, we all kind of talked back and forth. Should we play the demo? Should we not? Then we discovered it's the first two hours-ish of the game. And then it carries over to the full game. Like, all right, let's, let's give it a shot and that was the most incredible demo of any game i've ever played to the point where it's like i physically cannot wait yeah until this game releases and then it came out like it just it's one of those rare games where it just keeps getting better yeah and you kind of stop and you go like how are they going to get better than this and the pacing in it is is extremely well thought out it it's very similar to Thinking about this the other night when I was playing, it's very similar to the Plague Tale games yeah. where you have your different components, your different elements of, okay, you've got your stealth action, you've got your combat action, now you've got your plot dump, now you've got your rat section. Like it's all woven together really well, where just when one of them starts to feel a little like, ah, I want to do something else, boom, and they hit you with something else. Final Fantasy 16 is very much the same way, but it's also very much not a Final Fantasy game, too. Yeah. Which is so strange because you play it and you're like, I know this should be a Final Fantasy game, <laughs> but it's not. And I love it.
1: Yeah. I I I strained like I have an eye that twitches when I read people that are like, This isn't a Final Fantasy game, it's shit. And I'm like, what games have you actually played before that are better than right. this? Right? Like, because it's it is Final Fantasy. It's supremely narrative driven. It's definitely got, and I'm not going to say it's perfect because it's got low spots on the road, um, but everything about it just feels like someone loved it and crafted it to love it. Um, Yes. And in in a way that makes sense to everybody.
0: Well, the other thing that I was thinking about last night, too, is is that so you mentioned some low spots and the side questing in this is a very low spot. It's a necessary low spot. But it's very low. The side quests are, are largely unimagined. They feel like MMO um,
1: side quests, basically.
0: Yes. This this does have an MMO soul to it, but it's not over the top with it. A lot of times your you, your destination for your side quest is within visual distance of the guy who gives yes. it to oh, you. Oh, yeah.
1: It's fetch questing stuff, right? Like it's go talk to this guy. Now go talk to this guy. Now bring it back. Okay. You completed it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: Well, so I was going through that, and you get, you just get this rand like random items, and you sit there and go like, "What the hell do I do with this?" I know it's for the crafting, and there's a there's a very basic, at its core, very basic crafting system in this game, and I would say I went the past five hours of gameplay without changing my weapons or armor or upgrading anything, and I'm sitting there going. This doesn't, like, that's where, to me, it doesn't necessarily feel like Final Fantasy because every time, every other Final Fantasy game, you get to a new town, you go to the shop, you buy the stuff, you upgrade your equipment, you get the next thing. That was just the formula before. It's like, I feel like I'm not upgrading my stuff enough, but then I stopped and thought about it. It's like, well, if they increased the amount of time you'd have to spend in a menu, crafting or going to the the, the blacksmith or upgrading your weapons and armor, that would slow the pace of everything yeah, else down. Yeah, Absolutely. And like you said, it's extremely cinematic and narrative driven. there's 11 hours of cutscenes in this game.
1: yeah, that's true
0: 11 hours. that's unreal. I did a boss battle two nights ago the from the time I sat down to the time I ended playing was two hours and I just did a half hour boss fight maybe 40 minutes like you were actually fighting him for 40
1: minutes. yeah oh yeah
0: and then everything on the front end of that and everything on the back end of that was
1: cutscene. It was awesome. Yeah. And I mean the cutscenes are great because they really They're all in engine. Yeah, they progress the story. Um and in a in a not indirect way, right? Like you'll lock right. off whole sections of this game by completing a boss fight. And they're usually pretty good about telling you, like, hey, this is a point of no return, you don't need to do this, uh, if you haven't finished everything. But man, it's so good. And it's so it like it feels refreshing to play this game.
0: I will go out and I might I might catch some flack for this but the combat is better than rebirth.
1: Oh sure. Way better. It feels like rebirth, but it's it's definitely a lot more precise.
0: Well, they got the um the the combat designer from Devil May Cry, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. 100% you can tell in this last boss fight that I did. Like, "Oh, am I playing Final Fantasy or am I playing Devil May Cry?" Sure. cuz right now I can't tell the difference. So um, there's just some sweepingly cinematic moments in the game. So you you have these things called icons. every, every Final Fantasy calls them something different. They're either like guardian forces or summons and and, and or Eidolons. In this game they're called icons. And each major empire has what's called a, a a dominant. And I think the one thing that's a little heavy-handed in this game is the narrative on The class system and like magic users are called bearers, and they have a scar on their face. They have a mark on their face, and everybody treats them like shit. It's supposed to be this narrative on um, slavery and racism and all of this. It just doesn't. It doesn't come across very good. Yeah, because it's it's a little little too. To be fair, yeah, and it's like ah, that like just we get it. You know, maybe you could lay off that right now. But every empire has what's called a dominant and they're able to channel one of these icons or like you know like ifrit or shiva or titan or ramu or bahamut and every so often you get to do an icon fight where these big creatures are fighting against each other and it's in the first hour of the demo where it's like ifrit fighting phoenix yeah it's just they just get cooler and cooler as you go
1: i i can't tell you but You've got some shit coming yeah. up that's gonna knock your tits in the dirt. It's I can't like read. again. I I remember playing this, and I was I was at the point where Dan was, um, where I think I think it's actually the next fight you have coming up that just like, uh uh, uh, uh did I just witness that? Like that's it's an amazing amazing I th- and and artistically I, driven I, too. Like right, like every yeah. one of those fights. Like you you had your big fight with uh, Titan, and nope. I think. Like, I'm just going to tell you, they only get better from there.
0: Well, and I think I have an idea because the story is now starting to drift towards um, the next guy who's Bahamut.
1: Oh, God, I want to tell oh, you so bad.
0: <laughs> I just can't fucking
1: wait. Uh, it's, it's fucking amazing. So cool. like, and, it,
0: you know, knowing what they've done with Bahamut in the past where he's just this incredible summon, and he's like flying in space and coming from Saturn. and
1: Oh, yeah. And like, I absolutely... Like there were moments in this game where I sat back and just had to digest it for 10 minutes. Like I'd pause it after a boss fight and just be like, uh I'm gonna turn my brain back on and think about this for a second. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I I don't find the story to be that overly complex. It's I've always preferred the very political driven, you know, Final Fantasies of old, like the medieval style ones, because that's very much what
1: this is. Like
0: it's it is a modern day old school Final Fantasy kingdoms are at war and everybody's jockeying for power
1: yeah this has definitely got that element but it's also how do i say this without giving it away it is also very tied to earlier fantasy game final fantasy games Mm -hmm. um and in a meaningful meaningful way and one of the ways that they do that um is with they i don't remember what they're called but they're like challenges that just appear out in the world um, and they're t- the t- they're tied to a little obelisk that you, pr- you may have found one, but the others are yep. definitely hidden. And as you go through those, they'll give you little bits of story, and they're just fabulous. Like, this is uh, this uh, game ties up a lot of loose ends across the Final Fantasy worlds and provides connectivity between them. And Eric's right. Like, the bearers, uh, and the dominants are definitely very, you know, they're likened to slavery, they're likened to, um, I don't know if it's so much racism, but it's definitely linked to slavery. That becomes more obvious as you go forward, too. Um, And again, just like the the notion of it being a little heavy handed will wear down after a while. And you'll just uh, again, it's just incredible. Yeah. And the fucking Chocobos. Holy shit. Yeah. I've never wanted a Chocobo so bad in my life.
0: They make them look so cool in this game. Yeah. And the fact that you get to ride one, I love it.
1: <laughs> There's one section where you'll get to eventually where you start to level up. Um, and it does require a lot of grinding. Uh, yeah. But having a Chocobo makes this one grinding spot like I think I can do it in less than a minute and grind out 50,000 experience every time I do it. And yeah. and it's just by nature of the fact that the Chocobo is really, really fast any corners really well, yeah. and you know if you're on one, you can just oh by the way, I'm going to start this fight by jumping on this guy's head, and it's yeah. amazing to to link all those things together. But it's it's an amazing I game, think, and if you don't like it, thing, ask yourself why. If it's because yeah. you wanted that like hardcore drill down, place materia in every slot, like yeah, you probably won't like it. Uh, but try and play it with an open mind because it's fabulous.
0: The combat system is incredibly deep as well, though, because I- I'm going to withhold some information because I don't want to spoil anything, but <laughs> you are given icon powers and at the beginning you have the power of the flame or ifrit and each of those icons that you get, you can like seamlessly cycle through to press L2. It's like different skills yeah. and you press R2 and, and square, tri- square triangle for either for any of your powers. And they have a little bit of a cooldown on them, but you can switch to your next icon, and you've got two more attacks that you can do. And you can switch to the next icon; you got two more attacks, so you can just be like seamlessly pounding through this stuff. And if you blend them together, you are absolutely unstoppable. Yeah. So you're right; it is a little unfair at the beginning where you're kind of overpowered, but it
1: it's fun. I think that's I think that's on purpose, though. Like in my heart of hearts, I sat and I'm like. I think they did some of that intentionally because you're supposed to feel overpowered up front. But I I definitely got it about halfway through that game uh, and specifically because you can mix and match icons and mix and match icon powers. And that was very freeing to me because you can have like an iconic power of let's say Ifrit on another icon's power. And like, again, I don't want to get too deep and spoil anything, but like that very fact makes it Like, you can build towards ultimate builds. I also did not know uh, that you could just not power up certain parts of icons. Uh, And that was another thing that saved me hours um, Mm -hmm. of just like, oh, I can skip that. I'm never going to use that skill.
0: (laughs) Well, what's great, too, is that we've entered a point in gaming where I like how developers in the game respect your time Mm -hmm. and they respect your indecision. So you can try out different builds. Diablo did this, where you can just refund your skills yep and we've played enough rpgs in the past to know like sometimes you you get decision you get analysis paralysis <laughs> like well uh do i really want this and you'd create a separate game save and then you'd play with it for a while and if you don't like it, you'd have to go back and then redo everything that you did now you can just refund that point and go spend it on something yeah. else
1: yeah and unlike diablo final fantasy doesn't punish you for doing it which i really ad- you know, sort of admired in game design because it's openly encouraging you to go do that. And for some of the trophies, you really have to do it uh, because the right. trophy system in this game is wild um, in that. And I've, I've done every trophy except for finishing the game um, mm. or on the new game plus, uh, which it does have. Um, but it definitely will force you out of your comfort zone and force you to learn moves that you wouldn't have otherwise done um and that is it's a fantastic way i kind of wish there was something in game that prompted you to do it uh but after i'd gone through and done all i think there's like 11 of those and it really changed the way that i played the game because you'll get certain icons and go like oh well this sucks i'm never going to use any of this and then you recognize like oh yeah there's a power move in here i need to do that now
0: <laughs> yeah that's how i was with the second icon like i've not utilized any of it i actually just took it off like i just can't stand this these moves i just don't feel like they're effective in any stretch but yeah
1: yeah Yeah. she's just as powerful as anybody else can't and and again it forces you into like hey maybe if i max this out this will allow me to do this and this and it does um so again i i don't want to overshare here but it's uh it's it's a game that I'll put it like this. Like I'm playing new game plus now. I'm not going to kill myself to play it because ultimately I think like it'll be my in between game. Um, and I do have a bunch of other stuff to play. Um, but it's it, it is eye opening once you start going through some of those. Just how how much you undervalued certain skills. <laughs> yeah. I think
0: I've probably got. 15-ish hours left. I'm hoping to have it done by the time we go to
1: MoCon. Oh, so God, please do, because I'm going to to resist. It, but... I think Ernie's about yeah. at the same point. as I think he's just about done with the game. So, like, we're okay. going to be talking about it. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, well, will have yeah, to... 15
1: uh... hours to game day. <laughs> that won't be too hard. No. And I find myself no, I mean, losing we... myself in this game when I do play it. Like now, especially that I'm on the new game plus and it's more challenging, like I'll just sit there and play and then I've played for six hours.
0: Well, and this is very strange for me because I'm not usually one to do a lot of the side questing yeah. stuff. I will not advance the story till i have every side yeah. quest ticked off yeah. and every hunt completed because I don't want to
1: miss it. Yeah. And this game will punish you for not doing those things. I mean, and not punish you in like, oh, you can't do them now because you can uh, this game also has a cool mechanic where you can just go back. Uh, and play an entire section yep. of the game which is great um but you you will want to do those later in the game it's like it, it, yeah. it's definitely a culmination of like oh shit i should have done that because then i get this and this and this and i need that to craft this or i need that to get to open up this um and i found that in no other place more than the the bedroom collecting set have you have you done that at all have you started unlocking stuff for the bedroom oh
0: For the bedroom, don't you mean like the memory wall? Uh, Yeah,
1: but it's in his bedroom, so I just I call it that. But yes, um, there are.
0: I thought that that just got populated as you did things within the story. It
1: does, but there are things that you can miss. Yeah, Um, and one of the. (laughs) okay, well, this isn't that much of a spoiler, uh, but one of them that you'll figure out is that like you cannot complete that without completing all those challenges I was talking about. So then that'll force you and you find a couple of them like real easy just out in the field somewhere and then the others are hidden and you're like, fuck man, that's gonna be hard as shit. And I challenge you to go try that fire challenge up front. You found that in that swamp area in the beginning, and you think like, oh, it's three levels, how hard can it be? And then you realize it's got a fucking timer to it, and you have to do it, and it you know, like every enemy you kill, it gains you a little time. But like that is a strategic, mad, excellent portion of the game because it forces you to think about how much time you're spending in combat um and again like it's a thing that you have to do if you really want to get a platinum trophy in that game
0: yeah i'm not sure i'll
1: platinum this one. i think i will just um and again because most of what i have to do now is super simple it's just completing the game a second time but it's uh i would encourage you to do as many trophies as you can right up front because there's fucking right. one and it's killing me now. This is actually where I'm stuck right now, which is defeat a boss without being hit.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah.
1: So, and I'm going to tell you now, yeah, you no don't way. want to try that on the icon fights. <laughs> no. So there's a way to do it. And if you ever want to do it, you can PM me or I, man, I'll tell you. But it's it's rough, man. It's and it's and But it's so much fun, you don't really see it coming. Like it, You'll spend 10 hours on a fight, and it'll be continuously fun for 10 hours.
0: Yeah, there's there's nothing in this game that I haven't enjoyed. I like how they've interspersed homages to previous games. Yeah. You have your moogles in there, but every so often you'll you'll catch like a sound clip of something. It's like, oh, I'm convinced that the battle music, just your basic combat music is like a riff on the Final Fantasy eight yeah. combat. Oh, yeah. Or you'll catch the prelude in here every once in a while or like the ending theme. It's just stuff sprinkled all throughout. It's just it's really yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. And again, like there are things that
1: uh, I can't tell you that.
0: <laughs> I will say, though, that it has very quickly climbed the ranks of one of my favorite. Final Yeah, Fantasties. absolutely. And I think that it'll just continue climbing as I get towards that. Yeah. End. And it's not just being caught up in the moment of it. Like it's a genuinely fantastic game. Yeah, agreed. Which I I wasn't expecting. I kind of had like mediocre hopes for it after playing. Stranger of Paradise, which I know it's not a mainline Final Fantasy, but it kind of is in that same combat vein and game was kind of bad.
1: Yeah. And I thought like and it was funny because I thought the combat was really good uh, until I played this. And I was like, oh, that's garbage. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but um, yeah, it it plays really well. And I hope that they integrate they choose to integrate some of the combat from this into the next Final Fantasy uh, seven remake. Because I think that would... Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, ultimately, like, that game is hinged on combat. Otherwise, you're just watching a story and, you know, kind of moving characters around. But the combat was... I thought it was as good as it could be in Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth. I think this takes it by a country mile. And I'm hoping they oh, integrate some of this into the next Rebirth. Whatever that... Wh-
0: it's just way more fast-paced. At no point does it feel like it's the old ATB no. system. Where remake has some of those elements here. You pause the combat and go into your menu. I don't want to do that anymore. No, I want
1: it to be as active and fluid as possible. Plus eight, seven had um, like it felt like there was some disconnect between you and your character sometime uh, where they would just start doing shit without you telling them to. And that really irritates me in games. Like do not ultra, you know, like unless I have an item equipped that says it to do something, like don't heal me in the middle of battle. Unless you, unless yeah. I tell you to, um, and there are items yeah. in this game that cover that. In fact, you start with them. There's uh, active time combat, active time healing, and active time dodging. Uh, the badge of timely, yeah, badge whatever. of timely, whatever. Um, and like you'll need those later in the game. So please, God, don't sell them. Uh, but that is, no, I haven't sold yet, anything. Don't, ever. don't, don't sell those. <laughs> but they're a- again, it's just so good. Uh all around that I'm I'm floored and I'm I'm very happy that I've I've chosen to play that.
0: It is it is definitely a hardy get it.
1: Hardy, hardy pip pips.
0: Hardy Pip pips. Um I, I've only picked we were gonna say
1: anything else about 16? No, 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 no. I'm ready to move on to other games.
0: I have only picked up one other game recent that I th- I think yeah, I don't know. Uh, Octopath Traveler two. I bought that on Prime Day. It was only forty bucks. Nice. How this is that? Is, I haven't oh. played it yet. I'm not going to because I know that if I start that, <laughs> everything else will fall off. <laughs> so that's probably going to be my game that I play when I go visit Tom. Um, so MoCon is next week, Thursday through Sunday, and then I not not this week, but the yeah. following, not the following week. But oh, um, this is hell week. <laughs> get, get back on Sunday. I have three days to recoup, and then Thursday I start the 12-hour drive out to visit Tom. So I'll probably be at his place for five, six days and then come back. But I'll play it when I'm out there. Nice. But other than that, I just kind of haven't really been buying a lot of stuff lately.
1: Like, I go back and forth on this. There's not a lot of stuff to buy. Um, And I know that if you collect anything and everything, there probably has been more of late. Because, you know, there's certainly been good games. Um, but I, I'm on the side of like, I, again, I collect autobiographically, so I don't just buy anything until I know it's good. Like final fantasy 16 was a hard sell for me until I played that demo. Cause I was like, ah, oh, wait six yeah. months and then get it for 20 bucks, you know, somewhere. Um, but yep. I, I try not to buy a ton of new stuff. I have bought some older stuff, but I, I definitely have not been playing newer games of late. Uh, and part of that is down to me canceling my Xbox why, or my Xbox Game Pass subscription. Like you know, I, I, I been, hit a point where I had played everything that I wanted to play, and I was like, "Well, unless I get some new shit, I'm not playing it. I'm not paying for it."
0: I'll just buy Starfield when it comes yeah. out.
1: I'm, I'm on the fence about you know. that. Um, but I, I may very well just buy Starfield.
0: Well, because then I yeah. own it.
1: Well, I mean, you know? <laughs> no, because you'll <laughs> own a disc that activates it, but it doesn't have shit on the disc, so. That's True. that's an Xbox thing of which I do not enjoy um is just owning an activation key on disk. But I you know, that's part of another argument. I do there are some things on Xbox that I actually want to buy. Um, and specifically because I you know, at the very least I'll own the activation key for it. But Xbox physical games are at an all time low. Um yeah. and I mean like you can buy a copy of Forza for twenty two dollars. And yep. I'm like, yeah, it may be the time to start picking some of those up because I don't want to be linked to Game Pass for the next 100 years of my life. Um, and no, and that's what they yeah, want. You and to the be. occasional Xbox game is worth a shit. Like, what is it? Futurama on the original Xbox is actually worth some bucks now. I think it's yep. up near 100 bucks. And that might be one I want to buy. Um, There's some 360 games.
0: Stubbs I- the Zombie was until they did a remaster, a re release. Yeah. Player.
1: But I think that'll go back up in price. Um... I hope but, so. uh, you know, uh, there's a huge swath of games on Xbox that I probably should pick up now that everybody else's attention is focused on something else like that's if you're ever going to collect in the industry. I'm telling you, that's the way to do it is wait for the new and shiny to come out and then go start collecting anything else like and I've seen it yep. go bad this year because at some point or maybe it was the end of last year. uh remember when TurboGrafx went through that weird hipster resurgence where everybody decided they wanted one after I guess it was after the mini came out. Um, yep. and you could not find a Turbo Graphics game under hundred dollars, and I'm talking about like Legendary Axe was hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my god! And that's just garbage. So,
0: Dungeon Explorer, uh, or was it Keith Keith something?
1: Yeah, or other? Keith Courage and Alpha Zones selling <laughs> for yeah. hundred bucks. Like this is the pack-in shit-ass game, guys. <laughs> um, but again, that's part of that YouTube thing, and I and I say that very literally because I realize it happens on Twitch and everywhere else, but like people go out and they buy whole collections just to have them sitting behind them. And then they never play any of them. And that feels wrong to me. Like, and again, I acknowledge the fact that I have a ton of games that I will never play. Like, again, I have, I, I have, I have a problem uh, with picking up copies of magical chase. um, And I just do like, that's a thing that I, I will never turn down a copy of magical chase. And I don't care what kind of shit condition it is. I don't care if it's just a hue card. I've actually bought instruction manuals for the fucking thing. Um, oh, but Jesus. like I don't play those um, you know if I really want to play Magical Chase I'll play it on my analog pocket so but I you know just going out and buying games for the sake of buying games seems kind of silly to me especially Nintendo 64 games holy shit how could you afford to do that
0: <laughs> yeah well that's exactly what we're going to be doing in a right. week and a half is going out to buy games just to buy games so we're a little contradictory in our statements so you have so, Game Boy stuff on your list but, what else is on there Shit, I don't know anything PS One. Uh, I always like going there and coming back with just random uh, Japanese stuff too, because you find a ton of it there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's some man, I, I like I don't understand it. If you take a game like Chrono Trigger, right, which is historically one of the Super Nintendo's most expensive games, I think I saw mm-hmm. a loose box of Chrono Trigger yesterday, meaning a loose copy of Chrono Trigger. Uh, no box, no instructions, shitty label for four hundred and thirty dollars. Um, this is wow. one of the most collectible games of all time, and it's a good game, so you know, no harm, no foul. Um, but I look at that, and I can go buy the same thing on Super Famicom for literally a hundred dollars, and get box and get or instructions, less. and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do that every time, yeah. uh, because I'm probably not yeah. gonna play it on there anyway. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's not the definitive way to deploy it. So yeah, like my loose Chrono trigger is two hundred bucks right now. CIB. Oh no, I'm sorry, I was talking about Earthbound, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Earthbound, another hipster game. And it's a good game. But like Is it? No, it's shit. But (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do not spend money on Earthbound, people.
1: (laughs) If you've never heard of Earthbound, for God's sakes, don't play it.
0: It's it's not this pie in the sky amazing RPG from the Super Nintendo era. I would argue that it's kind of at the bottom yeah. of the pile.
1: And it was neat. Like again, I remember opening it at the video store that I worked at when I was a kid. Um, and you know, like the scratch and sniff guide was fucking super awesome.
0: Well, it came with a hilariously large box. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember seeing them sit at the sit at Walmart. It's like, oh, this is fifty bucks. We got yeah. twenty of them. Should have bought, bought all, all of them. them. Yeah, but didn't. <laughs>
1: The number of games that I can remember throwing into the ship. Like, okay, here's a funny one. So Nintendo made the transfer pack. Do you remember that? Yep. I saw a new in the box transfer pack yesterday for $289. Dude, I remember throwing those away uh, because everybody, you know, just said like, I don't need this for anything. Why the fuck would I have this? It's a stupid Nintendo accessory, but it comes in the blister pack. So it's 289 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? Ugh. Like you people are seriously losing your minds. Um, And again, I appreciate that that, you know, like I'm not blaming the store for that because the store bought it at an inflated price and then has to make money on it. So I get it. But I'm like, you're buying a device that transfers memory saves and not even a useful one. It's not like the the PlayStation 2 memory, you know, the card that you could pick up games and transfer them. So you could actually, you know, like take your Final Fantasy save (laughs) from one and put it on your PlayStation 4.
0: I think we talked about this in a previous show, but so much of this was driven by by people who are entering the industry and have no fucking yeah. clue about it. So the people that do know the industry are taking advantage of them. You know, people had a lot, little bit more extra time and money during the, the lockdown. They're like, oh, I'll play some, you know, play some old retro games and they would go into a store. and They wouldn't know that $300 for a Game Boy player is yeah. too expensive when three months earlier you could buy it for all yeah, Don't
1: you mean the disc? Because I can fucking find Game Boy players Sorry, everywhere yeah. for 10 cents. <laughs> and I crack up at that notion because I'm like, you're paying for a disc. That's what you're paying for. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's an amazing disc. No, it turns shitty Game Boy Advance games into slightly less shitty Nintendo games on screen.
0: Why we have not converted all government secrets to be secured by whatever the fuck is on that Game Boy oh, Player my God, yes!
1: encryption. The fact that you can't rip that to anything with any you know like planned method of success.
0: Yeah, whoever designed that needs a also raise.
1: the next guy that needs a raise is the ones that made the fucking GameCube component cables because those have been expensive Jesus. since I started collecting. But expensive used to be like oh they're two hundred dollars now they're like five hundred dollars.
0: I have a know. pair of them, sold them for sixty bucks. I had
1: one with my original GameCube, and when I sold it, I was like, oh yeah, you can have this. Should have known. <laughs>
0: Dick punch. Well, um, a little update on the other show. We've had obviously not as many retro shows as as we normally do. Um, and I think we're in a little bit of a phase of life where things are changing. And Dan's business has really taken off with doing photography on the weekends and we're all just a little less available for it. And time during the week with kids getting older and other obligations, I'm running two businesses and doing all of that to just like sit down and dedicate to specific games to play for the show is becoming harder and harder to come by. So um, we're not going to have it as many retro shows. We're still going to do them because obviously at the core of what we like to do is still collect retro games and talk about that stuff. But I think that moving forward, the two shows may just kind of like go back to interweaving into one and just, Hey, this is kind of like what we're playing through and, we haven't really ironed everything out, but um, I know there's been some some uh, time between our last retro show and now, so uh, not really sure what's happening with that. But we're not we're not going anywhere. It's just kind of like we've always been. You know, we're kind of a fart in the wind. We show up when we show up.
1: Anything that gets me out of playing Legend of Grant is good.
0: Imagine if that's the last game we ever play for the rich. This game was so bad that it actually caused us to shut the show down.
1: Shut it down. (laughs) I'm telling you, Lost Odyssey almost killed us. (laughs) Fuck that game. Fuck that game and fuck everybody that told me like, oh, this is an amazing game. Like, no! It's an okay game on the fucking original Xbox. (laughs) Game is shite. Oh, it's just terrible. Game's so bad. Legendary Dragoon is a close second uh, though. (laughs)
0: Think we may try to get in one more show before MoCon if we want to do that next weekend. Otherwise, maybe Tom and I will do a show when I'm oh, in yeah. Canada if you want to join us for that on the 6th. But other than that, I, I don't know. We just re- we record shows. They show Dude, up when they games. show up. You know?
1: like, and not for a living. So <laughs> Yeah. Suck it, billionaires. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all we've. That's I mean. That's all I've got for this this week. I want to go play some. Final I know. Fantasy. I know.
1: I can talk about one of the retro games that I picked up because I want to stall you from playing Ooh. Final Fantasy. I picked what? up Cosmic Fantasy 2. The game that was never destroyed and the game that was never, uh, it never showed up. Out. I mean it. Okay, it sold, and it's a really mediocre RPG, but it's one of the only working design games uh, on Turbo Graphics CD. And I found a new copy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, a new seal copy. It cost me 100 bucks. And this not is why that. I said the I retro collecting I have... can be not expensive.
0: I can't remember if Tom has a copy of Cosmic Fantasy 2 or Kadash waiting for me. He was at a, a flea market in Canada. and He's like, hey, do you want this? It's like 80 bucks." I went, yeah, buy it. So he's been holding on to it for
1: me for damn near a year. Oh, is that like Ben's game for me? <laughs> Which you still have to pick up, well, by the way. I need my Castlevania it. Bloodlines box.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll send him a message right now saying I need to pick that up. Yeah, but, I don't uh, even need the game. I just if need you were the to box. ship it, it'd be like 60 bucks.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think it's Kadash Because I remember when you said that, I was like, oh, God, please don't let it be Cosmic Fantasy. You have not waited for something that you're going to enjoy. <laughs> that game is garbage. But it's, you know, it's an early uh it's an early final fantasy like rpg it's just on the turbo graphics but it's interesting in that it has fmv um and that game is you know i'd call it pretty solid for its time the funny thing about it is no one has ever played cosmic fantasy 1 because they never released it outside of japan
0: well <laughs> oh, fun nothing like coming in on the second <laughs> yeah, game
1: it's really weird but it's you know it's like vanguard bandits or any of those like i will eventually get one of all of you I just need to find the right person with the right price. So, Props to the guy that sold me one off the back of the truck. I have seen that guy no less than 10 times over the last five years because he was actually at the first MoCon that we were at. You remember that? He was selling Cosmic Fantasy for like five bucks a piece. And he was like, it's new, it's sealed. (laughs) I finally got it, but I got it for a hundred bucks. So, hey, it is what it is. I should have taken advantage of it before. Eh, You know, you live, you learn. You lose an Albert Odyssey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) no forty dollars all right dude
0: that's all that's all I've got we'll uh we'll be back in a few weeks eventually hopefully if
1: we don't die in MoCon uh, we may die at mocon
0: This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Samuel Chun, Jeremy Lucas, Sarah Irvine, Miles Prower, Shannon McIntosh, Chad Schaefer, Jordan Lawfree, Stephanie, Thomas McGrew, Richard Cuttress, Nicholas Bradley, Phil Gartside, Jason McGill, Wes Rainey, Peabody, Sholto, Drew Barlow, and Jonathan.